Hello, you are listening to the third episode of Podcast by the Port of Rotterdam. My name is Anouska Lehei and in this podcast we discuss some of the most influential developments, trends and innovations with industry leaders in shipping and logistics. We are now broadcasting live from the Nieuwe Maase, the representation vessel of the Port uh, of Rotterdam Authority. And joining me today is Harbour Master at the Port of Rotterdam, René de Vries. Well, René, uh, before we really dive into the content, um, can you tell us a little bit more about your background? Uh, my background, hello. Yes, I'm René de Vries. I'm the Harbour Master for the Port of Rotterdam. You could say I'm the Port Authority within the Rotterdam Port Authority. Been a harbormaster for almost 10 years now. Uh, been working quite long for the Port of Rotterdam Authority, starting in the operations. And uh, my last job before being the harbormaster is before I, I applied for the job is uh, manager of the Harbour Coordination Center. And then my predecessor uh, announced that he will retire within the within the short notice. And then, well, then I applied for the job. Yes. And, uh, and you got uh, the job. I've got the job after more than six months and a lot of conversations and uh, interviews. Uh, I got the job. You got the job. It was a it was a tough uh, procedure getting the job, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was quite a procedure um, because I was uh, first interview with the board of the management board of the Port of Rotterdam and then with representatives from the Ministry of uh, Infrastructure and then uh, with one of the aldermen of the port of, of uh, the, the city of Rotterdam. Yes, and have you have you always had that passion for shipping and, and the maritime industry? Yes, I, the next question will probably be where did it come from? To be honest, I don't know where it comes from, but yes, I have the passion for the maritime industry and the shipping. And where does it come if you, from? If you, <laughs> if, you look, if you look at pictures from uh, when I was younger, when we were on holiday with our family, you see my brother and myself uh, playing with boats. So that is, uh, I, I don't know that's where it comes from. That's playing with the boats in playing your childhood. With boats, yeah. Yes. And is it a hard job being the harbor master? No, it's an interesting job. I have wonderful colleagues who do the job. Uh, my department is roughly uh, 440 people. Uh, I've got uh, colleagues working on patrol boats behind the radar screen and at the Harbour Coordination Center. And they uh, they do for me the difficult part of the job, okay. keeping the port safe and efficient. Yeah, so you've got a good team with you. Absolutely. So l- let's also talk about the industry, because what, what are the most important developments you have witnessed in the industry over the past couple of years? Well, if you look at the Port of Rotterdam in the last couple of years, of course, the, ma- the development of uh, of Maaslag 2 uh, and combined with that, the increasing size of the container vessels and the last one or two years, the well, the, you could say the new fuels, not the traditional crude oil or gas oil, but now also uh, LNG as fuel for as well for the deep draft container vessels as for inland barges. And in the coming years, uh, ammonia and hydrogen as a fuel. Yes, because m- moving forward to the, the climate neutral um, uh, fuels, that is that is a big challenge. How is how is the port responding to that? Yeah, we are ready for it. You could say, uh, if you, for instance, take LNG as a fuel, we were one of the first ports in Europe where it was possible to bunker LNG uh, for barges, but also for the uh, ocean-going uh, vessels. And now, for instance, CMA CGM uh, has built a new series of uh, ultra-large container vessels, and they're all LNG ready. And the first bunkering of an L- uh, CMA CGM container vessel was uh, happened uh, October last year. 
So that means you have uh, a container vessel of uh, 400 meters length uh, and alongside uh, LNG tanker with a length of 150 meters. Mm. And that is different with the traditional bunker vessels because they were all inland, uh, inland barges, uh, quite smaller than the big uh, LNG tankers. Yeah, so, so that, that is an, a, a, a challenge or a change with big impact as well for the port. It's a, it's a change and it's a logical change. And uh, my job is uh, mainly to make sure that it will happen in a safe way. Yes, and is that also uh, the biggest impact for you? Um, uh, those. No, I think the biggest impact is the well, the increasing size of container vessels. Uh, we can't imagine it nowadays, but when Maaslachter 2 was uh, developed, uh, we thought that the biggest container vessel had the size of 12,000 TEU, and that is 10 years ago. And if you look now at Maaslachter 2, you can see several container vessels. Uh, and they can carry more than 23,000 TEU. So we asked ourselves the question within the Rotterdam Port Authority, um, when these, because every year you saw a ship bigger and bigger entering the port, is uh, Maaslachter 2 still accessible for these deep draft vessels? And luckily it is. It is. It's a positive answer. Uh, before giving that answer, we asked the Marin, and uh, the Dutch uh, uh, Research Institute, and there we had, they have a simulator, and there we simulated the, uh, the arrival of these uh, big container vessels under all uh, weather circumstances. Yes, but but they 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 are getting bigger and and bigger. I mean, you couldn't imagine a few years ago that it that they were so big as they are now. So, what are the consequences for the whole supply chain and also for the hinterland? Yeah, well, for for my, for, for my job mainly, it's the traffic planning, of course, uh, from the North Sea into the basin and um, the interaction with the other vessels, because yeah. every day uh, 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 every day, 80 ocean-going vessels entering the port uh, and also leaving 80 and more than 100 uh, inland barges on, the, on a daily basis. So and that process the, the goes traffic, smooth. The traffic planning is a puzzle. Yeah, but, uh, but, it's, but it's still, it's, it's a puzzle, but it, it, that process goes smoothly. That goes absolutely uh, smooth. But I think the, the, the biggest challenge uh, when these vessels moor at the container bird, and then they put 5,000 5, container on the key side, and they have to be divided by train, barge, and truck into the hinterland. Yes, and that's also a very complex process in the whole supply chain, I can imagine. Absolutely. Yes. So these are the, 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 the most important developments um, you have witnessed in, in, in the last couple of years. So what do you expect for the future? For the future? Well, I think uh, there will be, uh, uh, also for the coming years, container ship will grow, I think. Uh, I don't think it will be, uh, there will be, becoming many more ships because if you look at the last 10 years is still every year about 30,000 vessels uh, some some years a bit more some a bit less so um, it won't get busier no it, it won't get busier but ships will become bigger new fuels as i just mentioned will uh, will be uh, another development um yeah and of course the uh, uh, the developments on the autonomous vessels that will be uh, New development. Yes, because what will be the impact on on um, on the whole industry if if those autonomous vessels will be the standard? Well, that means something uh, to start with uh, for the crews on board of vessels, of course. Uh, but you will not, of course. The, I don't think that uh, autonomous vessel coming from the North Sea will enter our port within the coming four or five years. But it will be. Uh, 
it will be in different steps from the traditional vessels to smart vessels who will be uh, managed from a shore center and then later on autonomous vessels. And for the coming, well, two or three decades, you have on the traditional ships, the smart ships, and finally the autonomous uh, vessels. Uh, and then inland barging is ahead of the ocean-going vessels uh, because in, for inland barging, they are now, we are now testing, um, we're doing trials with uh, autonomous uh, inland barges in our port already. Okay, that are also pilots, already pilots yeah. that yes. are uh, operational. Yeah. And and if you talk about those those um, autonomous vessels, how is the port preparing their infrastructure um, for, for this now operation? Of course, we want to be ready for it. Uh, we are not... Uh, making these vessels ourselves, of course, but when a ship owner um, comes to us and we want to sail with an anonymous vessel to your port, uh, well, my job is to make sure that we are ready for it. And it starts with legislations, um, because uh, now in, in the rules of the road, every ship has to have a captain. So it is, it's only on the one hand uh, the, an issue of leg legislation, and on the other hand, how do you communicate with a vessel uh, where there's no captain on board? So that means interaction between different software systems. Yes, interaction with different software systems. And do you also have to uh, adapt the physical assets like the quay walls or uh, bollers or? Yeah, if you, for instance, we are now on the new Amaze, there you have uh, a captain uh, on the bridge. And if you, t if you bird at the jetty within uh, 50 minutes, the captain is looking to the, to the key wall, to the bollards, uh, know how to maneuver. And, but is there a, if there is no one on the ship, a system will, will do that part of the job. So the system has to know uh, where's the key wall, where's the bullet, uh, what's the draft, what's the wind direction and speed. So that means that there's a, a very uh, uh, strong and solid um, interaction between the, uh, yes. uh, the digital twin so in so this so case so and, so there's uh, and a the real, ship. Yeah, so there's a real data uh, communication exchange process going on. Absolutely, 24-7 yeah. and uh, extremely reliable. And extremely reliable. So, so wh what do you think, what will be the, the, the biggest challenge then to, to move this process um, on in a positive and now, urgent sense? First of all, I would say we have to make sure that it's absolutely uh, cyber secure before starting operations. Um, and when, when we are absolutely sure that that is realized, I think the, the, the difficult thing, but I'm not from the e IT sector, is that all these different uh, systems have to communicate with each other. So um, standardization is key. And, uh, and then, of course, you have, as you said, you have to um, make sure that all these different systems from different manufacturers has to communicate with each other. Yes, so all those systems, they have to communicate, all the data has to be, be shared. Uh, you mentioned cybersecurity as well. Um, is the port ready for this operation? Uh, not now, but when the first uh, uh, autonomous vessel is at the horizon, we will be ready for it. Yes, and how do you get all those stakeholders, uh, how do you get them along this, this, this route? How do you get them involved? Yeah, well, of course, we have a very good relation with the, all the uh, stakeholders in the nautical sector. But it all starts with the question from a ship owner, can I enter the Port of Rotterdam with this type of ship? And then we will we'll look together with him uh, how we can achieve the best, safe and efficient way to, uh, to, do a, to ask, uh, to uh, give an answer to his question.
Yes. Well, um, René, also our previous uh, guest, uh, Bart Kuipers, he also um, he left a question for you, to be, to be honest, because, uh, because of the current disruptions in the supply chain, he was, um, he was predicting or he thinks that there will be an increase uh, in the intra-European traffic. Um, so do you have an answer to that question? Do you agree with him? Yeah. And uh, with the disruption, you mean COVID-19 or the Suez Canal or both? I think both, yes. But also the, 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 the size of the vessels uh, you already mentioned. But there are disruptions in the chain. There are disruptions and there will be the disruptions in the future, I think. But I don't think that will lead to, to nearshoring that, that uh, goods will be produced in Europe instead of Asia. To be honest, I don't think that will be the case. Our memory will not last that long. Is it because of our human brain that we don't we don't feel the impact of the COVID crisis? For I think that I think that it is, and labor is cheap in Asia, and it's more expensive in Europe, and that I think that's the main reason. So I don't think that will be the case. So sorry, so you sorry for Professor Kuipers. Sorry for Professor Kuipers. Yes. So, so you think that we will go back to the to the old the old situation? I think we will go back to the new normal instead of the old normal. Um, so disruptions will be uh, also in the future. Will be also in the future, but I don't think there uh, that will lead to a significant change in Intra- where goods will be produced. No. So you so you don't believe there will be an increase in the intra-European traffic? No, not more than we see now. Okay. So Rene, uh, what is your next question for our next uh, guest at the podcast? My next question for the next guest. Well. Uh, well, that would be a typical harbormaster question, uh, because as you know, my job is to keep the port safe and efficient. So my question for, the next, for your next guest will be, how can you help me and how can you help yourself to make sure that Rotterdam will be the safest port in the world for the coming decades? Yes, so will be the safest port? Uh, how is it? Will stay the, sa- the safest port. Will stay, port. because how is it with the safety at the moment? Well, yeah, knock on wood, I would say, but uh, up till now it's a very good year. Not too much collisions, so uh, yeah. And, 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 and are you talking about the traditional safety then, or the cyber sec- uh, security? Yeah, cyber security is also uh, well very interesting topic. Uh, maybe interesting to mention that uh, earlier this year we started the so-called cyber security initiative it's the, with the name FERM. And as a company in the port of Rotterdam, you can join FERM, you can uh, be a member of FERM, and FERM will help you and your personnel in the cybersecurity awareness. Okay, I think it's, it's a wonderful question for our next guest. Do you also have some, somebody in mind? Well, in that case, I would suggest Evelyn Bras, and she's the director of FERM. Okay, well, let's see if she is available. She is. She is. Oh, you're right. Oh, you already know. I know her. You know her. You know her. You will call her. Okay. Well, René, thank you very much for joining me here at the, the third episode of the podcast. Uh, thank you very much because we are going to close uh, the podcast. Um, are you enthusiastic about the podcast? Please leave a comment and tell your colleagues and friends about it. My name is Anouska Lehey, and this series of podcasts is commissioned by the Port of Rotterdam, production and edit by louder brand activation thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next one